0: End is nigh. Yes nine. it is. Cheyenne? Bunny rabbit. you mind taking the children out right now for the lessons because it's uh, gonna get grown up in here? Hundreds always seen on my That drum being told a story about human rights. So all the king's horses and all the king's men had a riot for two days and nights. Well, the city exploded, but the king. it to Maryland, but he did it to South Vietnam, for beauty and glory, for money spades. Well, former gets warmer, it's the latter that matters, except on the nation's airways. And custodians of public opinion, Stay back up, debating, discussing her rights. lay hands off her body, it's not your fucking life. Turning every hungry soul the bread. And I don't remember hearing how Moses reacted when the innocent firstborn sons played it. Well, I guess God was a lot more demonstrative back when he fed boy and he brought in the sea.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Psycho-Semanticast. I've got a real podcaster here with me tonight, uh, Boz, from Little Pot of Horrors and a few other places. How says you, real podcaster?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a narcissist with a microphone.
1: Hello! Thank you for having me. Um, Obsessive Cinema Discourse. I notice oh. that sometimes gets forgotten when you guys are all plugging your shows and...
2: Uh, to be honest, it's, it, it often gets forgotten when we're remembering to record a show, um, <laughs> so I have to apologise to our listener base, um, which just had to move house. Um, I think at pretty short notice, and everything just went into turmoil for him. So we have had a little bit of a hiatus, but we are the plans are afoot to get another one in the can. Um, it's just, and obviously the time difference is ridiculous. <laughs>
1: yeah three different time zones
2: yeah and it's all I feel sorry because it's all poor bloody witch it's always him who basically has to stumble out of bed on a Saturday morning and like I am not a morning person so I'd be like fuck off (laughs) (laughs) because he must get out of bed like just stuff coffee in his face um, (laughs) and then sort of limp towards a microphone and and sometimes you could possibly hear it in his voice (laughs) at the beginning of a show he's (laughs) be a little less enthusiastic than he is towards the end but he does a great job considering
1: hell yeah (laughs) fucking trooper yeah yeah yeah, yeah, he and i usually record record on friday nights my time
2: it's yeah it works out better that way doesn't it i think yeah because you can play it the other way around i don't know it all confuses the shit out of me of course we've got daylight savings (laughs) time because you get yours earlier for some reason um which brings us an hour closer for a couple of weeks yep this should be like our transatlantic podcast make hay while the sun shines period really shouldn't it <laughs> so.
1: yeah try to cram in as many as you can although marco rubio a senator from florida has just introduced a bill to pick a time and stick with it oh do, do you know what because i am i am extremely anti daylight savings
2: time uh it, it I, I i see it as completely pointless Well, in this country certainly and you in grow up countries yeah you grow up with people saying well it's because of the farmers no no it's not the farmers don't give a shit um oh well it's about school children not going to school in the dark well it's going to be dark one end of the day pick one <laughs> <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? so uh, and like I'm sorry I live in I live in and around the London greater london area um, kids don't go to school in the dark. They go to school in their mum's fucking Chelsea tractor, which is a Land Rover, which is far too big for our tiny little roads, and they just barrel everybody else out of the way. I'm <laughs> ranting already. Ranting already. Good. Good. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Let the hate yeah, flow it, through you. Yeah, yes. So, I mean, it turns out it was some, I think it comes from the First World War, as far as we're, we're concerned, or somewhere in Europe, and it was to do with factory production? I don't even know. Um <laughs> all I know is whatever it was, nobody really knows, nobody really gives a fuck, and it has no bearing on modern day life.
3: The modern daylight saving was introduced during the First World War as a fuel saving measure by the Germans. That's right. You lost an hour of sleep this morning thanks to Kaiser Wilhelm. And while back then daylight setting may indeed have saved fuel. In the modern era, energy consumption is a little more complicated. In fact, when Indiana adopted daylight saving in 2006, guess what happened? The data shows that daylight saving actually led to a 1% overall rise in residential electricity. Of course it did. But that's not to say daylight saving doesn't have any effects at all. Studies show there is an increase of car accidents and work-related injuries the week after the time change. That's right. What you lose in sleep, you gain in mortal danger. (laughs) Despite all this, 70 countries around the world still observe daylight saving. And yet, by going by local news reports, none of them could tell you why.
2: From Australia... Well, daylight saving is almost over for another year, and with it comes the usual debate over its merits or lack thereof.
3: ...to Italy... It's a pain in the ass, basically. ...to even the Germans. The people who started this whole mess. For the time change for many people is ridiculous. Whether it's yeah. an hour ahead or later yeah. is
2: complete nonsense. So much as I know the name Marco Rubio, and I know it's not often used in a positive light at no, all. No, not but at all. For once, it sounds like he might be trying to do something positive.
1: Yeah, I want to find uh, <laughs> somebody needs to read through that bill to make sure it doesn't outlaw abortion or... Yes. Like guns mandatory in daycare centers or something like that.
2: I've noticed that's a thing there of the, let's put a big fat title on this bill and then hide something fucking horrible in paragraph 96, subsection B.
1: (laughs) The fucking Patriot Act. Nobody even read it before they passed it and they just keep renewing it. Mm. It's, yeah. Like Donald Trump said, I love the uneducated voter.
2: Well, he'd know.
1: (laughs) Right? The dotar... or whatever <laughs> Kim Jong-un called him.
2: Oh, that's going to be fun, isn't it? I mean, wh- whatever people might think of Bill Maher, I mean, I do I do listen to his podcast. Just, I, I like to hear both extremes. And um, he did have a pretty good point this week in that they're pretty similar characters. They're probably going to get on quite well. What will <laughs> come out of it? I've got no fucking idea.
1: Maybe, or like that cartoon, he'll just go there and become kidnapped. Well, yeah, I, I mean, but- that's fine. But that's one of the other shitty things is the presidential line of succession. After him, there's Pence, yeah, comic book supervillain. And then after him is Paul Ryan. Yeah. There's no good scenario here, is there, really? No. The closest wild fantasy I can come up with is if the Democratic Party retakes the House of Representatives in the 2018 election... They pick the Speaker of the House.
2: So then we need their entire office to be impeached, removed, whatever, as a job lot.
1: Yeah, like, <clears throat> uh, so, <laughs> it's it's a shit show, the Great American Shit Show, likely to run for, and it's not like it just started, but I think it's a special level of shit show since that mm. nasty business happened, and... 2016
2: the yeah i mean fuck that
1: year seriously <laughs> the we year they brexit, killed david you bowie trump. and america yeah
2: jeez yeah i mean i try to stay at the brexit thing but it's fucking impossible i mean we've actually had comedians say in this country um what what would the news actually be talking about if brexit wasn't a thing because they there doesn't seem to be anything else
1: okay so I mean, it's a similar what's that or trump <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two of the bigger voter fails it's hard to think because I, when I started planning this show, I I honestly didn't think Trump was going to be president. So I thought I was going to have a couple weeks to plan out a themed episode. And so often now it's just like, oh shit, this fucking crazy shit happened. Uh, what kind of movie can we do? Uh, <laughs> you know, luckily for us, crazy religious psychos and guns are always a poignant topic here in America. Yeah so we are gonna talk around and about kevin smith's 2011 i want to say god was it really yep january 2011 it premiered at sundance
2: where did all those years go (laughs) (laughs) you get that though i still think of this as a new movie it's like really (laughs) damn i'm old right carry on sorry
1: red state I don't know when it came out on DVD and other proper... Oh, that was 2011 also, but October... It was closer to 2012, so...
2: Mm, because he toured it, didn't he? Because he did that awesome Sundance thing, so...
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, touring around and getting protested by the Westboro Baptist people... Mm. ...who exist in the same universe as the Red State. Yes. I can't even remember which one of us picked this. I think what it was is, um... I am not a particularly... Okay, um... I say I'm not a
2: political person. I'm not actively political. I have opinions. I listen to shit. um, But I'm not sort of deeply analytical about it. There's a lot of it I don't understand. Um, I try not to be a bury my head in the sand and let it all happen type either. So I'm somewhere in the middle. But when it comes to sort of debating politically, I'll literally just open my mouth to change feet. (laughs) So, So of the sort of topics your show tends to cover, I thought, well, Religion I do have background in and I do have knowledge of and experience with. So I think we said go along that line and then you just said red state. And I went, yes, brilliant. Because I thought I'd seen red state and uh, this, this, oh, I'm going to have to do a public apology here. Sorry to use your show as a vehicle for this. No, please. Um, so my my first ever podcast was called here goes nothing. And, uh, I just sat down with a mate, talked bollocks for an hour. And people said, we like that. Can you do it again, please? And that's, that went on. Uh, it, it was about, we did about six months of that. And then he decided he didn't want to do a weekly schedule anymore. And a guest we'd had on by the name of Casey, um, who is a chef and turns out grew up on a heavy metal ley line. Uh, the same one I was on the other side of the UK, um, <laughs> when we were children, um, we started podcasting together. Now, one day, Casey, years years into it, Casey said, oh, I've got this amazing film. You need to come around. You must watch it. And he had red state and he put it on for me. And I saw the first 20 minutes and I thought I nodded off a couple of times. <laughs> and he looked a little bit hurt towards the end. I saw the end and I was like, hey, that was good. That was good. He says, "Well, you sort of slept through a lot of it. Well, no, no, no. I said I was just I was fighting the sleep. I said I was just nodding. Um, well, I, I've rewatched it now. <laughs> I missed a lot of that movie. I sort of slept through the middle, <laughs> uh, about 40 minutes of the middle.
1: <laughs> and that movie's less than an hour and a half, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> nice one, Boz. So, yeah.
2: Sorry, Casey, because he was so passionate and he wanted me to watch it because we do this thing. We're like, you must watch this movie. It's like me and Deathgasm, really. I like forced him and said, you cannot watch this without me. It's like, uh, oh, what was it they say? Brotherhood of Steel. <laughs> we were, like, he's my Brotherhood of Steel. You have to watch this film with me. And, yeah. i really let him down there so i'm sorry casey but i have watched it now and i'm going to talk about it with with darren who's given me a perfect opportunity (laughs) to do so (laughs) the the weird thing is is here goes nothing isn't actually cancelled it didn't stop um it's just sort of sitting there the feed is there the shows are there but we haven't put one out in over a year now i think um and it's just life circumstance and i just waiting for the point where we're both we just pick it up and we just go. Here's a show, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and Simply Syndicated are lovely to us, and they just they just let just leave the feed there, and we may or may not upload a show occasionally. In fact, <laughs> the last one I put out was um, uh, we did an internet radio show for a while called The Fantastic Adventures of Boz and Casey, which was a, a sci-fi and fantasy show, which we did thirty-eight episodes of, but didn't really go anywhere. But we we liked a couple of them that we'd done. But for one of them – sorry, you are talking about tangents. This is a massive fucking tangent. I've got a irreparable eye injury to my right eye, and um, it's because I was basically shot in the face with a crossbow.
1: seriously
2: <laughs> <laughs> Whilst dressed as an orc, holding a six-foot-long foam spear and trying to stab adventurers in a field full of 200 – no, 1,200 LARPers. It's quite embarrassing when you have to go to the hospital and explain that's why you're there with um, – a distorted iris but um it's uh, it, I, I was there recording a piece for the radio show so i had a recorder in my pocket and i recorded the day up to the point <laughs> where this <laughs> happened and then instead of the rest of the show being about how they do a lap and interviewing different people i interviewed the medical staff and then the, the hospital and so on so i i repackaged that show for here goes nothing put it out on the feed so that was actually the last thing we managed to put out but uh, <laughs> It's it's a painful listen for me, but people say it's entertaining. But there we are.
1: Hell yeah! What was it? What's what was that show called again?
2: Uh, Here goes nothing. Um, and the that 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 episode title is an unexpected journey. A and E.
1: I think the only time I ever did any of the the LARPing battles was um, one time uh, my band was on tour and we were in Connecticut. And we were crashing with the band that we had done the show with the night before. And they were all students at the University of Connecticut. And a lot of them like to go on the rooftops and have, right. those, have those battles. I for, forget what the fuck they call it. They called it boffing or boffering. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I, but it was with the Connecticut, you know, the, the thick Hatford, you know, uh, accent. So oh, right. maybe i misunderstand it, but it comes out sounding like it's Balfa or something I, like that.
2: I mean, uh, it sounds like what well, I because I I did this because I was always interested in LARPing, but I'd never actually been to an event. I'd never got into the Dungeons and Dragons type side of it. Um, for me, it was always about hitting other people with swords. Um, so I started it by doing it at a friend's back garden and then. Uh, years later at school, we'd literally come home at lunchtime on our on our lunch break, eat something, and then go out in the garden and, again, hit each other with foam swords uh, at
1: <laughs> various points in my fun life. fun as fuck, you know. It
2: really is. Uh, but none of us were going,
1: how about you? I am a dragon slayer <laughs>
2: from the... <laughs> the
4: kingdom, you scanty you know, There was none
2: of that. <laughs> yeah. But the shit we used to make, I made a morning star once. But, of course, everything has to be foamed to be allowable. So each yeah. chain link was it was a, a loop of string and then wrapped round with foam and then taped around with masking tape <laughs> and then the, the ball at the end was just a massive foam ball wrapped again in like gaffer tape to make it heavy <laughs> it was fucking lethal
1: that sounds fun
2: so that's a massive tangent it's got nothing to do with red state and if that's about guns
1: <laughs> yes the different kinds of weapons uh less safe less fun weapons <laughs> um, that's see we're always close we're always close to the topic <laughs> And this is kind of one of those movies that is is very simple plot. It's a story that you've kind of heard before.
5: With around 80 people
6: still inside Mount Carmel, the FBI decided to force an end to the siege by driving everybody out with military-grade tear gas. On April 19th, on the 51st day of the siege, the tear gassing began.
3: This
0: is
1: not an assault. We are not entering the building. I don't know how, how you prefer to go through. Should we go through the, the plot or just talk about the themes? How, how are you feeling today?
2: Um, I mean, I've, I've made notes in my sort of normal way, but I can adapt those to however. I mean, if, yeah, <laughs> if you want to play yeah. through. I already ruined my opening line, which was going to be, Cheyenne, take the kids. It's about to get grown up in here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll put that at the beginning, the, the sound clip at the beginning of the episode okay (laughs) michael parks by the way oh yeah so fucking good
2: he really is i mean i loved him in tusk but most people hate tusk i i thought it was actually a fairly good movie
1: i haven't seen it i haven't seen tusk and i haven't seen yoga hosers
2: i haven't seen that yet either that's been more an availability thing because i i am i could get shot down for this i am a kevin smith fan I've, i've liked his stuff i mean he really the two films that hooked me in from his earlier career were chasing amy and dogma and I loved Dogma because it was clearly written by somebody like me who had a religious upbringing and an understanding of religion and an understanding of, to a point, what's wrong with it. And I just thought it was an absolutely superb movie. Yes, he's gone off the boil a little bit with some of his <laughs> movies, but um, I've heard nothing good about Yoga Hoses. But no. then very few people like Tusk. And yet Gogsy, my Little of Horrors co-host, Fucking love tusk he thought it was one of the movies of that year so again with the horror
1: films it's just what i love about them is they're so
2: divisive
1: yeah everything's got their fans i was t- talking to somebody the other day that's a really big fan of rob zombies 31 okay which, to i'm glad i was trying to find out who that movie was made for <laughs> <laughs> apparently you did sir but yeah similarly i actually i'll have to <laughs> go back through 'Cause I've got a lot of side conversations going on, setting up shows. Somebody mm. has claimed dogma to do on this show. Oh, awesome. That, i that. That's another uh that that is one of my favorite Kevin Smith movies. I I think you and I... well, I don't I, I don't know, I haven't heard your story yet, but I also grew up in, in the Catholic school, uh Catholic right. church. Um mm. my mom went, my dad never really cared either way, and my mom taught At a school called St. Mary's, so I got to go there for free. Good education. I think we had mass once a week at school, and we went on Sundays. Uh, the The family, except for my dad. I think when I was around eighth grade, I was allowed to pick, and I'd had enough. (laughs) (laughs) My priest was in prison, but not for the reason you think. He just stole a fuckload of money from the church. (laughs) He he actually didn't really like kids. so fucked to... up <laughs> <laughs> so yeah at that point yeah i was just sort well, of you
2: probably understand dogma better than i do then because there's a lot of catholicism in there and i didn't have a catholic upbringing uh, i to we to actually funny talk about red state it's it's about a cult spin-off church sort of thing mm-hmm. and I, this could upset a lot of people but i've always seen catholicism as a weird sort of christianity spin-off myself i know it's like ancient mother church and whatever but it's such a ritualistic um, denomination mm-hmm. that <laughs> it it baffles me. But but that's just because
1: of where I, what I grew up in. And,
2: you know, if you grew up in and around that and surrounded by that, I suppose it's the most normal thing in the world.
1: But it's, I mean, I had taken friends to church with me, you know, friends that were spending the weekend or whatever. And they'd go in, they'd go to church. And there's like the sitting, the standing, the kneeling, the weird. Yeah. <laughs> things you do on your face when you're saying something which nobody really knows what you're saying. you just goes like, I... <laughs> you Yeah, I, little, I yeah.
2: say, um, spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch.
1: <laughs> and, you know, the guy walks around with the urn full of holy water and he throws it at you, and um, it was more
2: the guy with the with the vaporizer of weed I was more interested in. I was most disappointed <laughs> when I finally went to one and realised yeah, there actually wasn't weed in there; it was just incense or something.
1: Yeah, the the morning star full of uh, frankincense. Yes. Or
2: something. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a modification I could have done in my lap, isn't it? <laughs> Stick some fucking just sticks in it as well. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's very ritualistic. I think the reason why I still act superstitious sometimes is because of my Catholic upbringing. Right. It's very superstition and guilt based. Mm. Um.
2: (laughs) I I think the guilt thing's universal, though. Um, Because my my background was, um, what's it? It wasn't, I think it was Church of England initially. Kind of, so my experiences of early church were going to this big building. Going to a boring-as-hell service in the morning.
5: You can't have extreme points of view. You know, the Spanish Inquisition wouldn't have worked with Church of England. Talk, will you talk? But it hurts. Well, loosen it up a bit, will you? (laughs) Because that's what it would be. Tea and cake or death. Tea and cake or death. (laughs) Tea and cake or death. Students with beer. Tea and cake or death. Tea and cake or death. Little red cookbook. Little red cookbook. You know, because cake or death, that's a pretty easy question. Everyone, anyone can answer that. Cake or death? Uh, cake, please. (laughs) Very well. Give him cake. Oh, thanks very much. It's very nice. You, cake or death? Uh, cake for me too, please. Very well. Give him cake too. We're going to run out of cake at this rate. You, cake or death? Uh, death, please. No, cake, 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 sorry. <laughs> you said death first, ah, death first. No, I meant cake. Oh, all right. You're lucky I'm Church of England. Cake or death? Uh, cake, please. Well, we're out of cake. We only had three bits and we didn't expect such a rush.
2: Then going out to Sunday school with the kids and just terrorizing everybody because I was ADHD kid on steroids when I was little. I was everybody's <laughs> worst nightmare. Um, but for me, obviously it was great fun. And, uh, so, <laughs> but then we started going to these evening meetings, which were in the hall, not in the big church. And we sang, uh, upbeat music and everybody clapped and people waved their hands in the air. And then people started speaking in funny languages. You can see where this is going, can't you?
5: Mm-hmm. And
2: then eventually <laughs> that church wasn't the right one for us anymore. So then we started going to a different town and our church was now in a school, in the school hall and then from that we'd go to big bible weeks which were just big conferences like showgrounds full of people and and that was my childhood from that point on i didn't know anything different so i was evangelical christianity was my thing and everything else just seemed so fucking boring to me because it was the kind of people i was surrounded by were hey, I'm a bit cool and trendy, and hey, we're going to do this thing now. And like uh, uh, all these fun activities and jumping around and hooting and hollering and the Holy Spirit's making people fall over. And like church was fun to a point, and I absolutely bought into it 100%. And I'm talking up until my 30s, I was
1: invested in this. I didn't give up on it when I was like 10. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but your evangelicals are kind of like, your conservatives, like your conservatives still believe in science. Our, uh, our conservatives don't. Which is just saying you don't believe in science is sort of an oxymoron because science exists where the, whether the fuck you believe in it or not. But, yeah. you know, the American evangelicals are the biggest fan base of Donald Trump. Mm. They Their favorite activities is taking away money from the poor. They're, you know, all the shit that they do is pretty much the opposite of what everyone always said Jesus was all about.
3: According to a recent Pew survey, white evangelical Protestants overwhelmingly support Trump. 78% approve of his job in office, while 18% disapprove. This survey was taken shortly before adult film actress Stormy Daniels sat down for 60 minutes, where she talked about her alleged sexual encounter with Mr. Trump. But will they remain faithful to the moving forward? Michael Graham thinks so. In his new column for CBSnews.com, he says evangelicals are so willing to support Trump, they've abandoned their principles on character and morality in order to make room for him.
1: Yeah, uh, Who sounds I, like I, a yoga teacher half the time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't
2: knock yoga teachers. I'm in, I'm in certification. Um,
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, man. My missus is also a yoga teacher. Oh, wicked. My, my, well, we'll get into that another time.
2: I know people in... Uh, in America in evangelical churches and obviously with anything like this you can't make sort of blanket statements because there's always Pockets of reasonable people mixed in with the nutters. That's fair. Um, That's fair And I I have to be very careful because although I changed my viewpoint on this and You know my position of what god may or may not be and how relevant it is to my life I because people say oh, you, you know, we brainwashed and it's like well, yes, but not intentionally because I spent every Sunday and probably Wednesday night at house groups and then holidays in and around this with these people, you you absorb it like a sponge and it becomes part of your being. And once you've had that much exposure to any one way of thinking, it's really hard to then become deprogrammed from it. But it, the people who are teaching this stuff on a Sunday morning, they believe it 100%, like um, Michael Park's character in Red State. He is acting with complete integrity because integrity is obviously just acting in line with your what you believe to be right. No matter how misguided, the truth of that is, if you're acting in line with your own beliefs, then you're acting with integrity. So everybody did this. And yes, some bad shit was sort of put in my brain, but everybody's intentions were pure and right and they thought they were being holy and all this kind of thing so when i come out of this I, I can't really criticize those people for giving of their free time to try and put into me what they wanted to see me become if that makes any sense it, and I, I can get a bit bitter about it at times because it's stuff that does piss me off about it but i have to remember um because it's tied to my family as well that nobody meant me any harm and all they wanted was the best for me. And they absolutely believe this is the truth of it and they want to see me live out that truth and have a better life as a result. So (laughs) it's kind of hard now to sort of have those discussions with them where perhaps I want to go the other way because I I don't want to feel like I'm pulling them away from what they believe to be true either. So people have to find their own way. It's either going to be real to them or it's not. And again, hell of a tangent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, what is Michael... Parks aben uh aben i knew it was a cooper. odd name to me yeah aben cooper who's yeah. basically what fred phelps
2: yeah basically um i watched it behind the scenes that he was saying um you know i could have come into this movie and just basically it was based on phelps so i could have just been phelps and he said but i watched videos of him and stuff and he said you know he's fucking boring
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if i'd done phelps you'd have just all fallen asleep <laughs> <laughs> um yeah aben cooper he's got his church the movie starts off with one of oh what's his name travis i think his name is and his mom skylar from breaking mm, bad skylar,
2: yes. <laughs> i did that all the way through this
1: movie oh that's from dude from thingy yeah yeah skylar and badger are are in this yes um, <laughs> and then some people from californication and uh, buffy the vampire slayer did you spot that one no who did I will get to that. Okay, great, <laughs> Let me great. Forget that. <laughs> I, I've seen. <laughs> I think I missed the last couple seasons of Buffy because something ha- a death happened, and I was like, "Fuck you! I've had ah. enough." I may. Mean, I got pretty far. Uh, there were some. Pe- there, there were plenty of people that that died. That I guess somebody might have turned around out, but there's there's just one that. Um... Yeah. My my Mrs. loves the show and I met the guy that played uh Angel.
2: Oh really? Awesome. I like him.
1: Yeah, he was really nice. I uh I was at a comic book convention because my band was in a comic book. Mm. And we had two passes for the three of us. So somebody was always at the at the table, and my one time <laughs> that they didn't leave me at the fucking table getting left behind. Uh um, <laughs> oh yeah I, I ran into him and um he was really fucking nice and i made a mental note that i needed to check out his show sometime and uh tom savini who really likes to talk about himself Oh really i love tom savini from you know from what we see of him yeah yeah he was nice but he definitely was excited to talk about himself
2: <laughs> you see i can't have a problem with anybody like that because i i i seem to suffer the same malady <laughs>
1: well right and here i am you're listening to my podcast um (laughs) i think the reason why it stuck in my head is maybe it's just his his amount of confidence but he just picked up um one of his refrigerator magnets and he autographed it and he gave it to me he's like you're you're gonna want that (laughs) oh am i now it's on on my refrigerator but gee thanks sex machine i'll treasure that (laughs) But we're mm-hmm. not talking about that sex machine. We are talking about Travis and his friends picking up a lady from Goblin's Holler or whatever that place was called. Cooper's Dell. Cooper's Dell, yeah. After he gets to church that was held up by the protesting of the the dead kid's funeral. Is that when they say on the radio that it is the 432nd funeral protest since 2001? So that is sort of the idea I have in my head of how many people that. Um, well, we'll get to that. But 432. Yeah, Travis and his friends. They um, they find a. They find. Yeah, isn't she supposed of... to be 38 or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess that's also not a picture of her on the website. Uh probably not. But I mean, as they pitch up and she's standing there, I'm like,
2: ah, I'm sorry, I think we've got the wrong place. Uh, see ya. And that would have been <laughs> the end of the movie. <laughs>
1: These guys are so desperate and insecure of their sexuality that they've used so many homophobic slurs that they're just going to go through with it. I don't know. But yeah, there's
2: a great little throwaway lines. Like, I was this is what happens when you stop kids from looking at pornography. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't let a man in me unless he's got at least two beers in him.
2: Yeah. Mm, that again, deal breaker. Sorry. I'm going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we missed the
1: bit actually as they're
2: driving there um open container in car i know Ooh. that's a law you have there tut 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 in um, some places oh right i see state to state see that's weird for us as well <laughs> <laughs> I, my entire country's as big as one of your well not as big as one of your states
1: in most cases so
2: yeah i get why that's necessary um but they sideswipe a parked car on the way oh yes um which has two two gentlemen having a having uh, relations of some kind <laughs>
1: Oral relations of some sort. Yes, (laughs) they're both bent over, so you don't know.
2: Well, yeah, clearly one was down there
1: already, and the other one was like, "Shit, (laughs) I'm a recognisable public figure. I'm diving to the side." But luckily, it wasn't like the world according to Garp. Nobody had anything bitten off. (laughs) Yes, I'm 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 curious because they walk towards a car
2: to see if there's anyone in it. If they've, you know, they're going to get away with this, whatever. And then he pops up. Um, I was wondering what caused him to pop up like that, and. I mean, it's a bit of a jump scare moment, isn't it, for the viewer? It sort of makes you jump. Um, Scares the shit out of them and they run back to their car and drive off. But I'm wondering what was his impetus to, you know, stick his head up like that.
1: It was a bit of a gravelly road. So maybe he heard the stones scraping or some sort of the footsteps approaching the car. And he thought better to see now than have them peek in. Or Yeah, I was wondering that
2: if they got yeah, they got within range to see that there were actually two people hiding.
1: And when they run away, one of them drops the flashlight. Maybe some light hit the car or something, and they thought another car was getting ready to come and fuck up the other side. Oh uh, yeah. Sorry, random point there. But yeah. No, no, it's 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 important to the plot.
2: See, that's that's the OCD. There's a couple of points in this I've made that uh, notes I've made which are in line with the OCD podcast we do. Because in that we do pick on the minutiae in films. So I apologize if there's too many of those as we
1: go through. No, no. Uh I, that's one of the things I love about having a different guest. You know, some people come back and hope hopefully you will, but uh everybody's got their own way to go at a movie. <laughs> so no, yeah. So they sideswipe uh Sheriff Milton or whatever his name is in this. He does not have a stapler. That's the guy from Office Space, right?
2: I don't remember.
1: I saw that uh, years ago, sorry. Well, I do want to say
2: that this is why teenagers' insurance premiums are so high, ladies and gentlemen.
1: We, we, we saw him. He, he was in Office Space. He was more recently in Get Out.
2: That was it. I know it's in something recent. Of course.
1: Yep. Here's. Uh, He's the blind guy, isn't he? Yep. The, the art collector. Yes. Yeah. The art collector that I think buys him. Yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's already won an oscar if you haven't seen it that's i'm sorry i I, maybe i'll clip that part out
2: it it was out of context no one will know what you meant if they haven't seen it so don't worry
1: okay perfect (laughs) on we go uh so yeah they they're getting the two beers in them so they can triple team this 38 year old lady in a trailer
2: (laughs) you're going on 58 um did this scene remind you of any other film scene
1: the first thing that popped into my mind was uh the fight scene in kill bill 2 and that's probably (laughs) just because i watched that last night
2: oh and that's in a trailer isn't it
1: yeah i i was thinking
2: more specifically haven't any of these kids seen porkies if something sounds too good to be true it almost definitely is You know, those lads got chased naked through the woods by a, a large black man with a machete, if I recall correctly. <laughs> so if I was going to a similar setup, I'd have been quite tentative in my approach.
1: <laughs> oh, I hadn't. I I haven't seen that movie in ages, and oh, I don't know why. Because I I like y- a young Kim Cattrall. Oh yes. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Formative years. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: I think I actually said I want to cover that on OCD, but I think I was outvoted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you think you could get court behind that, at least? <laughs> uh, we might, yeah. <clears throat> we'll start a, a campaign. <laughs> I'll bring back the the Hamburglar pimp that uh, you guys created with, I forget what movie it was that you guys covered. Uh, Dolomite. Yeah, Dolomite. So, yeah, they should have seen, I mean, in so many horror movies, if these people had seen a horror movie, they should know better. Yeah. They're in the back room, stripping off their clothes. If you're listening to this show, you know how it goes. There was something, you know.
0: Somebody put something in their drink. Somebody.
1: The Ramones would say in a much better way. <laughs> and then it goes to black and um, Travis wakes up in a rabbit cage or something.
2: It's actually it's a dog carry cage, which I, I'm sorry, if you put me in one of those, whether my hands are tied or not, I'd be out of it in 30 seconds. They, like, I mean, I, I get there were budgetary restraints, but those things are so fucking easy to undo. <laughs> like, I actually know how if you put me in one of those cages um and actually i i used to have one big enough to put me in cuz our biggest dog was 11 and a half stone which is i think 76 kilos in weight <laughs> which me still means nothing to you sorry that doesn't help does it fuck sake <laughs>
1: no i'm i'm working on it okay so <laughs> 14 pounds to
2: a stone <laughs>
1: system is the tool
0: of the devil!
6: My car gets forty rods to the hawk's head, and that's the way I like it! The old person's remarks will be stricken from the record. Who said
2: that? Fucking hell, I don't know. It's really fucking heavy dog. Anyway, so this cage had to be massive, like human size for him to, to get in for, for transport sort of thing. But if you're in there, you can actually collapse one side in and get out from just the end without even undoing the door bit. Another OCD moment.
1: <laughs> Bring it. Like I said, this movie—you could explain this movie in about two minutes if we wanted to.
2: Yeah, true. As I say at this point, it is—it feels like a horror movie. Um, so I even on my initial watch, even though I was not far from bed, um, I, I was hooked in by the horrorness of the look, the feel, the grade, the everything really.
1: Yeah, and I was wrong. It wasn't Travis that wakes up in the cage. It's Jared.
2: See, I'm so bad I didn't clock any of their names. I'm shit. I mean, honestly, people say names of characters in films. They just don't go into my brain.
1: It's, <laughs> it's an affliction. I, I, I work on it. Uh, I am I I will definitely alternate, especially I'll probably call Michael Parks, Michael Parks, through the whole thing. <laughs> um, and his, his son, John, his character's name, uh, Mordecai. And it, I, I think it was the second or third time I saw the movie that I recognized him. And they're right. in everything together. Okay. That's uh, cool. But yeah, his son that plays the cop with him in the Kill Bill movies and uh, Planet Terror is the son of his with the goatee. Oh, right. Interesting.
4: All never, right, I've that
1: again. Yeah. Never seen him with facial hair. It took forever. <laughs> but yeah, Jared wakes up in the easily escapable, I uh, maybe still weakened by the the cheap beer drugs. Hmm. But I imagine he's just scared shitless, so he's not even thinking about it. Because, I mean, in a little bit, he thinks saying he's not gay is going to save him. Yeah. So he wakes up and he's covered up like a canary in the dog cage. And very creepily, maybe you recognize the song because it's a bit more gospel. Nah. Michael, Michael Parks <laughs> is playing the piano.
2: Now, if it's not Hill Songs Australia, I probably wouldn't get it. That's uh, a thing for all the Christians listening. <laughs> <laughs> Darlene, check. There you go. Name drop. Boom. Sorry. So I think, what, how, would, how would I describe? She's probably like the try, the Taylor Swift of Christian music. No, she's not as young or pretty. No, I'm not Adele. No, I'll, I'll think of someone. Don't worry. But yeah, she's she's like a, a mega pop star in Christian circles and for doing worship music that people sing on a Sunday morning. Very strange. Hmm. You get these like big mega super churches and the band up on stage are like a band. It's like, well, we're not we're not a band. We're here to give glory to God and, and 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 present a way for you to worship in this place. And I'm like, well, why have you got a fucking smoke machine and seventy-six lights pointing at you then if you're not a band on stage? Sorry.
1: <laughs> 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 Striper owned up to it. Yeah,
2: exactly. They had they had integrity. <laughs> to hell with the devil. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said. <laughs> That I didn't used to practice my drumming to one of their tracks.
0: <laughs> hey, when I
2: was younger, <laughs> which actually was to hell with the devil, because if you listen to it, it has the most basic four-four rock beat of any track ever written. It was about my level; it's what I could manage. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to compare drumming war stories later, honestly. Oh, jeez. Hell yeah! I <clears throat> have a little. I, I have have a podcasting drum kit here, because if I make a good gag, I can go.
1: (laughs) That was my Christmas present. Yeah, honestly. Uh, I had one of those. My kid destroyed it. (laughs) Probably for the best.
2: Sounds fucking dreadful.
1: Uh, There we go. We got him a, a, well, not full size, a full size for him drum kit. Do you live in a detached house? Yep. That's all right, then. (laughs) oh no i I remember my my years like the beginning of drums i was only allowed to practice when the house was empty and that was in a detached house also
2: well i my my kit was in the loft we had a half finished loft conversion so there were no windows because my parents hadn't managed to afford any windows but there was a full staircase going up in sorry the attic there was full staircase going up into the attic and it was boarded out so it had flooring and an electric light but it was full of fucking building dust and cobwebs (laughs) and everything else and my kit was just up there but because it wasn't finished there was no insulation in the roof space where the tiles were or anything like that so when i played every neighbor for about four miles around heard just how shit i was
1: (laughs) it's been a while since i thought about it because i i started playing drums in 1994 i think And my drug-addled mind sometimes takes a while to get back to uh, clearer memories, but I was walking my dog the other day and walked past a house where somebody was in the first year of learning how to play the drums. Oh, yeah, okay. It's like a smell. It just... (laughs) (laughs) But were
2: they doing it properly? Were they playing a terrible rock beat, or were they doing rudiments on their snare drum?
1: No, it was the... (laughs) Yeah yep Yes.
2: oh the best villain ever oh i love those i remember that so in fact that's the villain from that tale with the devil from striper oh no that was that it was even simpler you're gonna have to drop that in now dude sorry Actually, I mean, while we're on the drumming a- anecdotes, right, I'm going to tell you why it all ended for me. And um, I I played in a few sort of bands from school, and I had a friend who was a guitarist, who was very good, and blah blah blah. I got in this band, and actually, the guy who played bass was actually the best drummer in my school, and he said, "Look, come round. You can use my kit. I'm going to play bass." I said, "What do you mean you're going to play bass? Oh, I'm 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 learning to play bass." And he literally just picked up a bass guitar and could play it within two weeks that musically talented naturally. It's like you bastard. But anyway, we played a couple of sort of pretend gigs, whatever. We actually did one of my church's, um, charity events, uh, went to this hotel and they were raising money for something or other. And we played like, we weren't a Christian band or anything, but I knew the guy who was a lead guitarist from church and that's how it all happened. So we played a couple of our original compositions and I thought we were pretty fly, but I was wearing this god awful shirt because we were trying to look respectable. Anyway, somebody filmed that fast forward 10 years or something and I'm working for a friend. I'm between jobs. I'm desolate. So I'm working for him in his up and coming recording studio. And this guy comes in to do something else. And he's like, I've got a video of us playing. And I was like, really? Said, yeah, yeah. Bring it in. Bring it in. So he brings this thing in. He puts it on. And I was like, oh, my god why did nobody tell me i'm such a shit drummer and i realized at that point the reason i kept getting kicked out of bands and it just wouldn't work out the fundamental problem is i have no sense of tempo so <laughs> i could play the things on the drums and i could do a rock beat but i couldn't stay in time for love nor money <laughs> <laughs> so I'm watching this thing and i'm rushing and dragging and rushing and dragging i'm like oh my god just somebody weld a metronome to that guy's face. Oh, that was me.
1: Oh shit. <laughs> uh, it, it it's all of us. I I'm pretty good at keeping a steady beat. I depending on performance to performance, the songs would be faster or slower depending mm. on you know how much I'd had to drink or something like that. But one time, but not in from the recording... bar to bar. I mean, musical bar, people. Not
2: not not drink bar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry
1: um but i they they put a metronome in my ear once in the recording studio and i lost all confidence in my skills as a drummer oh (laughs) shit it's like i don't want to hear that shit turn it off (laughs) you want exactness get a drum machine
2: yeah but the thing is if you could play and the rest because the idea of the drummer sets the tempo right so you set if you can set a tempo that the rest of the band members can then stay with it works you don't have to be metronome perfect, but, but it seemed that I couldn't, I couldn't do anything that anybody else could work with. Oh.
1: God. I've never drummed since. That's well, behind the music with <laughs> bars. <laughs> the pretend drummer. But do you know who is not a pretend drummer is Reverend Michael Parks. Yes. Back on track. He is doing a sermon about how everybody is horrible and God hates everyone. Uh, unless, mm. unless they're afraid of him. I don't know what that says to you, but to me, it says that following these faiths
2: based on mythological figures ensures the destruction of one's inner being. Organized religion destroys who we are by inhibiting our actions, by inhibiting our decisions,
6: out of out of fear of some some intangible parent figure who who shakes a finger at us from thousands of years ago and says and says do it, do it, and I'll fucking spank
2: you. Yeah, that was the upshot of it, wasn't it? Really. With a perfect hate. Of course it would be perfect. My biggest point here, as I said my, my church wasn't much like this one, thankfully. Because <laughs> this guy thought he was funny and entertaining as a preacher. And I'm like, no, no, no. I've seen funny and entertaining. You're not even close. Um, wh- when you're a kid, because I, yeah, I was conscious. Well, first of all, they're bringing the cage with the guy whatever his name was who's captured and he's going motherfuckers i'm like please dude there there are children in this church please stop swearing (laughs) i was was very sensitive (laughs) to that at that point it didn't seem the right thing to drag him in while the kids before they'd been sent off to sunday school
1: yeah that that part didn't make a whole lot of i guess they're easing the kids into the full scale maybe but i mean since they make them leave the room then why why did they do that
2: well, I mean, in my church, it was like the kids were in for the singy, happy, clappy, energetic, can't be disrupted too badly stuff. But as soon as somebody wanted to preach, that was it. Everybody out. But when, you're, when you are a kid, the guy up front is infallible and the voice of God. You believe everything he says because you're supposed to. And, and that's how this sort of indoctrination happens. So, yeah, perhaps as he was referring to these evildoers, but had them covered up at that point, that was enough to just say, look, there's stuff here. It's going to get real when you're a bit older. You'll see what that is. Don't
1: know. I I mean, I definitely... Of course, um, at the Catholic Church, there's a whole lot of stuff to look at when you're only half paying attention to the the service. Mm. There's stained glass windows and statues. And behind the priest, there's a giant, ornate display. So I feel like if I had been there and there was just a cross with a sort of body shape draped in a tarp from it, especially since they... Mm. it, It probably would have had my... My curiosity of why there was a <laughs> a lumpy mass moving under the tarp. Yeah, I don't know. They're... I get the impression
2: they were used to seeing that though at this point.
1: Yeah, maybe four hundred and thirty-two times. <laughs> uh... well, they were
2: talking about the amount of recent disappearances on the news as well, have not they? So they've clearly been at it a while.
1: Yeah, and they had a good good system, and it brings up a lot of imagery. And so we had Waco. Yeah. Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh people were still talking about Jonestown. <laughs> right. Um, I guess that well that didn't happen in the States. That happened in Guyana or something like that ultimately.
2: Was it, that the Kool-Aid
1: one? Yep.
2: Ah uh, yeah. So that's um Ty West's film, what was that called? Which was about that. Oh. I didn't really enjoy it all that much. I don't think, that's think what you did.
1: Do. I don't think I've seen it. The sacrament, I think it was called. I sort of feel sorry for Kool Aid because it was Flavor Aid, but everybody says Kool Aid. Oh, really? Okay. But yeah, it's like everybody calls a, a, a tissues Kleenex just because mm. it's the dominant brand. God, well, I we still we still buy Hoover's, there. not vacuum cleaners. <laughs> that sounds better than vacuum cleaner. It's it's a lot faster. Yeah, expedites <laughs> communication. <laughs> Where the hell did I take us? Okay, back to the church. Sorry. Yeah, Jonestown, Waco, you would memories when you were younger. So yeah, Reverend Michael Parks is talking about how the homosexuals frighten him and his god very much. Sort of like the, the Phelps people. Mm. Their their singular focus. This sort of spreads out because they would also protest soldiers' funerals. Yeah. They've got a a Dexter sort of situation going on here. They've got the the kid that they I think said in the radio had disappeared, and he is wrapped in cellophane. As uh, what what do you call it? Plastic? Wrap. <laughs>
2: we, uh, well, officially we call it cling film. But I, wouldn't you call that saran wrap? Yeah, the <laughs> cling film's thinner. It's for food. That's the thick stuff he had there. I I don't know what the official term is, but very effective. <laughs>
1: mordecai uh michael park's son and the other the other men after they've had because the, pretty much the entire church is just his family mm. by marriage or blood i think uh john candy says or yeah, goodman. Explains- john goodman sorry yeah <laughs> easy
2: mistake um <laughs> i always do that as well i don't <laughs> know what two johns um so- that sort of explains why one woman is just sitting there fucking knitting in church. I'm like, is that not a bit disrespectful to the sermon? <laughs> I'm just getting a nice scuff while you talk.
1: What, what 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 would she be knitting?
2: A, a Turin shroud.
1: Yeah, there we go. She's making a cozy for the AK 47. Yeah. <laughs> uh an ammo cozy. Exclaiming out loud different agreements with uh their dad. Mm. And Travis pulls the tarp or uh, Jared, pulls the tarp away so he can watch. The guy yeah. gets shot in the head, throw him down through the trap door on top of his friends.
2: So, I mean, yeah, full horror film mode at this point in this movie. It's really well done.
1: After getting the cattle prod. Yes. After this murder, Badger, the deputy, yeah. shows up. And he's, uh, I guess, Michael Parks has a laptop where he's got the security... Video footage, or CCTV, or whatever. And he sees Badger, the deputy, show up after Sheriff uh Secretly Gay, or whatever his name is.
2: Yeah, just do the Baz thing. Give everybody different names. <laughs> it works so much better. Like he's coined a technique there.
1: And, you know, they're they're trying to be quiet and everything. And Billy Ray, or I want to say Billy Jack, but that's... Billy Jack <laughs> He would have saved his friend instead of running away <laughs> like a coward. Um, yeah. yeah, Travis find the the shin bone of the the newly murdered is is good at cutting through the uh, the plastic wrap. The to a point, it seems,
2: yeah. <laughs> so he gets the body wrap up, but he can't get he can't use the same technique to free his wrists or his feet. It's a bit odd,
1: and it's a shame because well, I guess he's not the first to die. Billy Jack, Billy Ray, Billy Bob.
0: Tiffany, Heather, Cody, Dylan, Dermot, Jordan, Taylor, Brittany, Wesley, Rumor, Scout, Cassidy, Zoe, Chloe, Max, Hunter, Kendall, Caitlin, Noah, Sasha, Morgan, Kira, Ian, Lauren, Hubert, Phil.
1: Mullet Boy. Mullet Boy, yes. It's like a mullet rat tail or whatever yeah, those it's... things were called. The biggest and the strongest of the friends. Takes off and uh, ends up in the arsenal room, not the soccer or football club uh, that, <laughs> that people follow. Uh, this is full of American weapons. It
2: could have been. He's still lost. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he does. He tools himself up and then just doesn't take the initiative. Which I, I sort of get if he's not who's used to holding a fully automatic weapon and intending to use it in, in, with somebody coming. I mean whether your life's threatened or not that's still a pretty big leap to make i mean to fire first yeah i think everybody's brain is probably programmed into you know in self-defense it's okay but to fire the first shot is just you know i I can't imagine honestly
6: can't yes greedo as a matter of fact i was just going to see your boss tell java that i've got his money so yeah, but this time I've got the money. I don't have it with me. Tell Jabba.
3: Even I get boarded sometimes. Do you think I had a
6: choice? Klapjaba, boopa, kupat me at a
3: For my dead body.
6: Uhlin humor. Chest po kuta treesta janko. Ya Oscar.
3: Yes, I bet you have. Sorry about the mess
1: well i guess it's different for everyone but anyway tangents they're a thing (laughs) especially when i'm on sorry i feel like i'm more the culprit here do not worry but yeah uh mullet boy gets shot by the other son i forget Mm. his name the one that's not played by michael son. is that when um
2: well he sort of sprays the room as he dies doesn't he and he takes him out so it's a mutually assured destruction in that in that scene
1: Yep. One, one shot from the, the practiced, uh, church member and a lot from mullet guy mm. and deputy badger hears it. And the look on Michael Parks's face, I, it, I, it looks like pure joy, sort of like a, a menacing joy. Mm. I don't know if I'm making that up or not, but he just, he looks like, okay,
2: shit just got real.
1: <laughs> shit just got real. His son in the movie and in real life comes up behind him. He's like, "I got him, Daddy!" and blasts the fuck out of Deputy Badger, who will not be taking his wife to Italy because it's full of Italians. Because it's full of Italians. (laughs) 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 There, there is that. He did manage to call for backup before getting shot,
2: but unfortunately, he was to the the sheriff who we've met already.
1: And Michael Parks just gets on the radio. Smart enough to not have his fingerprints on it. Mm, Yeah. Is this the guy I got all these pictures of doing dirty things in your car? I'm going to send them to your wife if you don't don't shut the fuck up.
2: (laughs) Basically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then he decides he's going to top himself. And then I didn't quite catch this, but basically he sees a ATF bulletin on the wall. It's really quick. It's on there and then it's gone. Um, So I, I wasn't entirely sure what that was.
1: I don't, maybe it was a little bit of a, just just a slight notice, because the, John Goodman talks about how they've been sort of monitoring them Mm. for ages. So maybe it's just one of those, keep your eye out for this, because it's in your your area sort of thing, maybe?
2: And clearly the sheriff thinks, if he calls in the ATF, then it can look like it's unrelated that the ATF showed up, and they're not necessarily going to go after him. Or maybe they'll just take them all out, and then he hasn't got to worry about the blackmail thing.
1: So he can go back to whatever kind of relationship that was with his wife (laughs) so yeah the mysterious boss who i'm I'm, i have no idea who it is that called john goodman because I, i you all you ever hear him refer to as sir and john goodman briefs him i don't know if you you thought this at all but i sort of felt like you know in most kevin smith movies kevin smith plays the kevin smith character Mm. that talks the way he talks and everything like that it sort of felt like john goodman was the proxy for that yeah it was a little bit yeah he seemed to deliver and have the same sort of commentary so he says that they can be there in an hour they basically said no to that and i'm like well hold on a minute if
2: he's saying he can mobilize in an hour but you're saying that you don't want him to do that why the fuck did you wake him up at half past four in the morning <laughs> because he <Just> can
1: yeah
2: <laughs> And isn't his wife, is, was it um, the lady, is it Erin Gray from um, Buck Rogers?
1: Or did I, I get that wrong?
2: Because she's like completely underused if it was.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Kevin Pollock was also relatively underused in this movie. Who's that?
2: Uh, oh, the assistant guy is his right-hand man sort of thing, John Goodman's.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I like, uh, speaking of uh, podcasts, that was one of the first podcasts I started listening to was Kevin Pollock's chat show. Oh, okay. Uh, usually he's got a, a guest on there. His sidekick is uh, Sam Levine. Um, no, I don't know those. <laughs> he was in Freaks and Geeks. He was one of the younger kids. He was uh, in Inglorious Bastards. Um, i don't see his face. though. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I
2: have this thing. I, I'm shit with names and I'm shit <laughs> at putting faces to names. So until I've got like an IMDb IMDB page open, it's like, yeah,
1: just. Right on. So yeah, uh, they they mobilize the ATF and the young daughter Cheyenne is that her name? The blonde, she's trying to get the kids out. She no, she's got the kids hiding upstairs.
2: Well, before that, they like, as uh, I reveal that the ATF are there, is because our our young friend who actually, there's a couple of things because um, mullet boy gets shot and they go and they go, oh look, you know, he took out the other guy because the woman's all upset her husband's dead and i'm like "Hmm." and god's on your side love yeah okay we'll, we'll deal with that later um but there's <laughs> you two feel bodies good there. about
1: drugging those kids because that, that yeah karma bitch anyway um so,
2: but there's two bodies there basically i mean hold on well we didn't see two die we realize ah he's gone and basically hid under his mate's corpse so they think that they were both shot then he grabs a rifle tries to go he legs it through the church he's about to get away and then boom someone blows him away how I way mean, we find out the sheriff and the ATF are outside the
1: compound. <laughs> and it was the sheriff that shot him. Yes. Move, sir. <laughs> John Goodman flips his shit. Get in your fucking car. Give me your gun. <laughs> God damn it, man. Son, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the
2: ass. I love the scripting of those bits. They're brilliant.
1: So they're gearing up. They're gearing up for a siege. It's ATF. I think they've already mentioned Waco or at least their, uh, their reputation. Cause I think the mm. ATF was also involved in the incident at Ruby Ridge year, years before Waco. Oh, right. Or maybe it was either the ATF or the FBI. One of those places with names that, uh, are often around when people die. And did they screw that one up as badly then? I don't think as many people died. I'm a little less knowledgeable about that. So yeah, the sheriff shoots Travis. He splashes into the, the fountain. Fountain. John Goodman does his awesome John Goodman yell. I mean, the way that's shot
2: actually is he's running through the compound and stuff like that. Kevin Smith, um, and his, oh, I his DOP had more influence on this, but the way they shot those claustrophobic running around the compound scenes... There's a really kinetic camera style, um, which just puts you on edge. So it, sort of this is where the film sort of transitions from horror movie to action movie a little bit, and it totally flips the feel of everything. Um, it becomes more like a like the raid or something like that, and I thought it was really cool
1: the way they did that. Yeah, it's very bouncy, bouncy. <laughs> it's very bouncy. I was a bit. I was a bit <laughs> Just like an advert. Um,
2: (laughs) There's a bit where he's running and clearly he's holding the camera and just running with a camera in his hand in front of him. But it gives you this really good, claustrophobic, dangerous feel to everything. I loved it.
1: Uh, You can hear him breathing heavier. And Mm. I haven't watched this movie a lot, but you almost think he's going to make it. Yeah. After all those close calls, all the doors have padlocks. Yeah. He's basically in the clear because... It's another little while before um, Michael Parks fires the first shot from their end.
2: Yeah. And you said a bit about John Goodman shouting at the sheriff. He actually shouts at him so hard that he falls over. His voice sends him
1: flying. I love that. He's kicking up rocks and he scrambles like the jittery fellow he is. <laughs> Michael Parks with his sniper rifle. Hello, goodbye, Kevin Pollock. Yeah, basically. Well, here's a
2: couple of witty lines, isn't it? Because he does the whole megaphone thing, throw your weapons down and come out. And he says something like, oh yeah, I think it's the fact that you say that twice, it means it never works. And then get gets shot in the face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty good special effect. I, I, oh, I, hmm. I don't like to bitch about computer effects, but it definitely shows its age a little bit with that, with that one shot.
2: does a bit, yeah. But... Weirdly, in the making of, you see the prosthetic that they use uh, on the side of his face, and that's actually really convincing. But obviously they wanted it to be a, you know, a hollow wound. So they, they CG'd the hole. And, and and that's where it doesn't really track quite properly, I think.
1: Now that it's advanced so much more, we've noticed it. But, mm. you know, 10 years ago, it was a rad fucking shot. You know? <laughs> In both respects. Yay! Where's your drum set? Oh, shit. Sorry. Hold on. Thank you. <laughs> So now it's a siege. Uh, there
0: was a firefight!
1: And the sir on the phone is talking to John Goodman. And he's like, oh, yeah, there's there's no press. Nobody's going to know what we did here. Oh, you want me to kill everyone? Yeah. <laughs> Give me something <laughs> in hush. writing and I'll do it.
2: And then that's when Cheyenne comes flying out saying, I want to rescue the kids. And we have this dilemma of conscience from everyone. Well. Not everyone, it seems.
1: Was that the same agent? The agent that was yelling at Goodman in the horse barn that there's innocent people, we don't know what's going on. Is he the one that just does it? Yeah, just walks in and blows her away. Yeah. (laughs) A complete change of tune. It's like, the fuck?
2: But the one that's helping her initially, as she first comes out and he finds her around the back of the house, he is Buffy's boyfriend from season... uh, One of the later seasons in Buffy, anyway. He's the soldier boy one.
1: With the, uh, the the underground lab place.
2: Think so, yeah. Okay. Pretty, real pretty boy.
1: Yeah, but that, that was him. <laughs> oh, okay. Right on.
2: Yeah, so that was quite a Buffy reference there. But he doesn't last very long because Mum comes out.
1: Right behind the ear. Yeah. Takes her back in and then just, just like, oh, get on your knees and pray. Yeah. Carries mom with a gun. Get back in she... here with your dirty pillows.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's a great actress and. She does dial it up to 11, but uh, at the point she dies in this movie, I was like, oh, thank God, I'm sick of hearing her voice. Actually, Lavinia said the same thing. So I was just about to say how much she was pissing me off, and they blew her away. I said, there you go, see, perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank God, I thought she would never shut up. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> somebody please kill her. And then, yeah, then Cheyenne, trying to figure out, because uh, how many other children were there? I sort of lost track, but there was
2: three or four, I yeah, think, three, the young four. ones.
1: We got to get them out. Let's go out the back door. Fuck you. I want your whole family to die. Lack of trust. There's no reason to trust her yet. No. But I think when she takes out her mom, that's a big, yeah big gesture. Absolutely. say. And then the kid, oh, that one little kid crying. Yeah. It's like
2: she acted at her so hard. She made her cry. It's like, there's no way around that. That is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that kid was freaked the fuck out. She yeah. was too young to be acting. I bet they shot that and went, oh, yeah, keep that. that that's a one take. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Let's all go home. We all feel like shit now. <laughs> Made a kid cry. You think things are turning. It's the shootout's going on. A lot of glass exploding. And
3: For a few seconds,
1: this place was Armageddon. People are getting shot in and out. John Goodman sort of starts approaching. He He runs into Cheyenne and... Whichever one of the guys that's still alive. Travis, I think.
6: They exited out the front door. They had no idea what they
1: were in for. And yeah, the, sir, we can't do this. They're unarmed. What the fuck? Just, blah, blah. blah.
2: Yeah, just take them <laughs> both out. It's like, oh,
1: okay. Yeah, they're, they're just laying <laughs> on the ground, dead.
2: All that character development
1: and bang, fuck you. I'll Kevin's... get my coat. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of downtime in this movie. It's just i mean bam, that bam, firefight bam. is just off the hook it's
2: non-stop it's kinetic well, i use kinetic a lot in this film but it is it's like um the, you feel every bullet fly you feel every hole in a truck hit and
1: yeah it makes it, it feels dangerous you figure you start seeing the smoke bombs or tear gas getting shot through the oh, yeah. the building and landing next to dead people. John Goodman's picking up MAC-10s or whatever kind of machine gun or semi-automatic rifle or however the fuck you want to say, a gun that shoots way too many fucking bullets way too fucking fast.
2: Yeah. The cultists are doing the same. They've gone to the basement to tool up as well, haven't they? They are basically grab as many guns as you can, sort of, a moment. Yep,
1: top of the crown.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that little shootout, isn't there? That's and I remember it's like the top of the building. There's like this castled... What's it? Ankle high wall? And they're yeah. crouched down with AK-47s? I'm like, that on no planet constitutes cover. Yes, you have an elevated position, but you're as exposed
1: as fuck. What are you doing? As long as they don't get my enchanted shin bone.
6: <laughs> That's it. Ralph, well, we have lost his shin gun. Hack the bone! Hack the
1: bone! She's like, here, shoot me! Shoot me! <laughs> <Fucking> <laughs> unbelievable. So Mordecai gets taken out. He does the what in most other movies and maybe in this one. And I missed it. But that's that sort of fall is where you would hear the Wilhelm scream. Yes,
2: (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) I didn't clock it, but I I, actually wasn't it her that screams. It is. She's she's second Uh ago. Yeah, that that frustrated me a bit. So why why would you do that? (laughs) And actually, these ATF agents are shit. I'm sorry, because like, there's so many of them get taken out in this first salvo. They're just shooting from the windows. And it's like, they're not running to cover properly. They're not firing intelligently from cover. And I'm sorry, you're that fucking ATF. Do you not have a sniper unit? Really? They should have had one guy in the armored truck with, through a tiny peephole, just <laughs> picking people at the windows out one by one. Yeah, and it would have been over.
1: Thousand yards away. Yeah. <laughs> Tom um, Berenger, get Tom Berenger out there. Deadshot, you know, somebody. <laughs> and this is when the sound, the, um, you know, if you're watching a, a religious movie, you automatically assume it's some sort of ethereal, godlike sound. And mm. we have probably both saw Kevin Smith talking about his originally planned ending.
2: Oh, no, I didn't actually.
1: Oh, uh, okay. The original planned ending, this is where it diverges. So in, in the originally planned ending, the, you know, the, the really loud sound would go four times. Yeah. And then he said, and maybe he was joking, but this is what he said. A giant angel with a sword appears and goes, shh, with its finger up by its mouth. And then right. the four horsemen of the apocalypse go across the sky. Credits.
2: <laughs> that would have fucked a lot of people up. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, I'm glad about that because when I first saw this movie, because this movie goes from really intense horror movie to gun to in action movie with comedic elements mixed in, those trumpets sounded, and obviously because I've seen Dogma by this point, I'm putting nothing past Kevin Smith. So if that had actually happened, I wouldn't have been surprised and I was kind of ready for it. Mm -hmm. I love what he did with it in the end, but either actually wouldn't have been a deal breaker for me because this film is it's jumped its own genre a couple
1: of times already. So yeah, fuck it. Why not make it supernatural? Alanis Morissette, make a return appearance. Yeah. (laughs) Boop. Yeah. She touches Michael Parks's nose and, uh, (laughs) his head explodes, (laughs) (laughs) but it ended more rooted in reality. It, It shoots to, um, John Goodman at a debriefing. Oh, well, Michael Parks has his little speech about like there's no need for weapons anymore We're it gets going all up home. in his grill G man <laughs> G for government
2: G for godless <laughs> but this one thing right <clears throat> why do Nutters in these cults always quote from the King James <laughs> it was always it was always new international version for me growing up it's a lot more sort of normal English and then of course the message Bible got much more popular which is all like hey, you there, I'm an angel. I'm down with the kids, yeah?
1: You know? <laughs> yo, 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 what's up? <laughs>
2: yeah.
6: Come bust a move where the games are played. It's chill, it's fresh, it's Noah's arcade. What do you think of that?
2: i got Mary and my shepherds and the hizzy. <laughs> wow. That's coming, I'm telling you. Actually, I go church stories, right? So my, my church was quite hip and, cool and blah blah blah. So in my teen years, I want to do hip and cool stuff too. So we started doing this newsletter for like the youth of the church. And we did a funny bit and we did a blah blah bit and we we, we found this version of the Lord's Prayer, which was like street speak, yo God, you be chilling. Um oh, what? I can't remember how it went. But so we printed this in this newsletter and like one of the parents actually complained that it was disrespectful. So, um, you know, my 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 response as a, a good Christian teenager of about 17 years old was, oh, fuck this shit. I'm not doing that again. I was always weird, though, because I grew up in all this and I was always, you know, I believed it all and everything else. But I've had a potty mouth since I was seven years old. And I've always sworn like a trooper, not in front of anyone. Like at church, everyone thought I was completely legit and everything else. But my mates. My closest friends just know for a fact I've always sworn like a fucking trooper. And (laughs) nothing's changed. I've I've been like that since seven years old. But obviously the kind of churches I was in, it was like, yeah, if you swear you are not really living the lifestyle, you're not being an example, blah, blah, blah. Yet weirdly that people were more willing to listen to me talk about my beliefs. And, you know, because obviously these evangelical churches, the whole point is evangelizing, spreading the word, bringing people into the church. And I, I saw a lot more of that happen as a result of just being like a normal person. So I I guess in my church upbringing, I was quite lucky because I was surrounded by more normal people than nutters. But like in every church, there is that really uptight, everything's a bit of a problem. We call them brother or sister sandpaper. (laughs)
6: Um, (laughs) Oh, won't somebody please think of the children?
2: Never been in a congregation that didn't have one or two. And... Uh, eventually what drove me out of the church was the people and they do say if you find the perfect church don't join it you'll spoil it um (laughs) so (laughs) there you go another tangent sorry carry Uh, on
1: no um i think i may have found the hip-hop or whatever lord's prayer (laughs) i love the internet (laughs) let's pause for a second play some promos and maybe a, a hymnal or two and we will be right back Hey everybody, this is Tim
6: Dorn My name is Gareth Evans Hi, I'm Nacho Vigalondo, director of Time Crimes and Open Windows Hey, this is
1: Graham Skipper
6: Hola, soy Macarena Gomez
1: Hello, this is number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler
0: Yo, monkeys, it's me,
6: D-D-P And you are listening to The Little Pod Of Horrors Which, as you know is the best damn idea since premarital
0: sex on Halloween. Jason Voorhees! It'll make you come hard. And that's not a bad thing. That monkey is a good thing. BAM!
3: You can find The Little Pot of Horrors on simplysyndicated.com and on iTunes.
4: I wanna put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing and we have a backstory and, but well, I don't know, that might be kind of too long. So like
6: screeching cars and explosions and fireworks. And yeah, yeah.
4: But what about, I like it. Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe, he can you know just record a promo for us sometime do you think i, I mean I, we might have to like raise some money
6: we can do a kickstarter and we could just throw it out to like robert england and
4: you know sure, just sure. just all kinds of actors and and i think people will do that i think sure why not well you know i don't know maybe we're overthinking this whole thing how about if we just tell people where to find us i like that you can find us at who will survive on itunes stitcher on the legion podcast network and on the raw live and unedited podcasting network also on facebook and instagram under the same name oh wait can we do it underwater Uh, with piranhas killing me that would kind of be brutal and if that doesn't work then you can do the regular promo all right well just get in the water and i'll go get some fish all right cool
6: collect He's not the white Fragile hippie He looks and acts more like an indignate iced tea Jesus Christ is coming back He wants that kick melody. Fixed a lot of sports And drank a million beers Some ecstasy A thin white line
1: are back uh i you'll have to tell me if this is the uh the lord's prayer that you were familiar with it's called big daddy's rap (laughs) really yeah uh yo big daddy upstairs you be chilling so be yo hood you be saying it i be doing it in this hood and in yo's give me some eats that's the one and cut me some slack So's yep. I be doing it to them that diss me, don't be pushing me into no jive, and keep them get good. that's that's the one? Yeah. Yep, f- that is exactly it, because I remember the Eats line. <laughs> yeah, uh this was added to the Urban Dictionary October twelfth, two
2: thousand five. Fucking no way. Uh, but that <laughs> that apparently is offensive to Christians. Get a life.
1: Are, were, oh. are they saying that? You can't use slang and be a Christian? No,
2: this, the, the, it was somehow disrespectful to the Lord's Prayer and the meaning of it and everything else. And it's like, mm. like, if if they'd had the balls to complain to my face, I'd have got into, well, hold on, it's just a dialect difference. If you think about it, some people talk that way or want to talk that way. If it was in a different language, is that also disrespectful? <laughs> I'd, I'd have got into a hole, But that's not how church works, you see. It has to come via... Somebody else that it was a problem. Somebody said, you know, we know you meant well, but uh, we feel that this might be misleading to the children. Ah, fuck off. I have to send a link to this show to my friend Ralph now because <laughs> I think it was him and me that wrote it. We were both kind of incredulous. I'm just a bit disappointed you didn't finish it, but no, don't worry, it's your show.
1: <laughs> well, there's something about Crips. Crips, I remember the Crips, you see. Okay. Because it's the Crips and the
2: Bloods. I bet that's what was the deal breaker, because I didn't know what the Crips were at that point. Yeah, so. uh,
1: and keep them Crips away, because you always beat a man straight up. <laughs> and <laughs> then, yeah, then there's a, the regular version or whatever. The, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thanks for finding that as a blast from the past.
1: <laughs> so we go to John Goodman answering doing his debriefing john goodman is wrapping up and you know they're like well officially you disobeyed an order but this, that and the other thing the trumpet was some pot farmers
2: (laughs) Yeah, kevin smith had to get it in somewhere didn't he (laughs) right they're saying oh some hippies doing a compost farm i'm like yep weed farm
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) you know there's childish stuff sugar in the gas tanks and Flaming dogs of or thr- flaming dog flaming bags of dog shit. Yeah. No, that was those that was the religious people. Yes. That was a great line.
2: Yeah, these guys just did the sound effect just to fuck with them, which I thought was just it's such a it's a brilliant concept. Uh, like would love to do that to a cult or something like that.
1: maybe, maybe taking off their clothes, cause I I think if I remember correctly, you're naked when you're raptured.
2: It <laughs> Depends just, on yeah. what you read. <laughs> it's, in what some what the Left Versions Behind people series more said more oh they're going to be started on the Left Behind series. That's 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 for another show. Uh, there was a series of books and people, Christians got so fervently into it and everything. They they actually thought that this was like scripture almost. And this oh, was how it was going to go down. I actually read these books because I was into sort of out there, weird Christian fiction at the time. Because I was still involved with the church or whatever. And, and I think it was like the fifth book um there's little scorpion lion things running around stinging people and i was like oh this is bullshit i'm out <laughs> I <stopped reading> it. <laughs> so yeah, you've gone too far now as if everything else was plausible before that but anyway
1: yeah <laughs> that's just too Actually,
2: far seriously i remember a guy coming to speak at our church And he actually dropped, I really liked him because he said in his sermon, he says, you know, and he got these left behind books, which people are reading and thinking is actually scripture. And
1: he just like, I can see a few faces in the room go,
2: "Mm -hmm. interesting on the wall over there. Mm -hmm."
1: Kirk Cameron was really into those, right? Who's that? Oh, he's an American (laughs) actor. He was on a television sitcom in the 1980s called Growing Pains. And uh, he played a character that was, cool and got in trouble and always had a girlfriend, but he became a born again Christian. I don't know if that's what you say now. Oh yeah. That's... Okay. I think he was involved in the left behind movies or movie. Was there uh...
2: I think there were two attempts. One's got Nicholas Cage in for fuck's sake. I watched one of them just out of morbid curiosity and it was nothing like the book and it was terrible. I mean, cause you say what you like about the book's subject matters they were fairly entertaining as a read. So this basically just took an element of it and stretched it out over an hour and a half. And it was just awful.
1: How did uh, I derailed us again? Anyway, John Goodman explains it was the pot farmers. They were they were fucking with uh, Phelps. They didn't know that the siege was going on because they're at the far, far corner that sort of disarmed the situation in more ways than one.
2: And they said, what happened with him? He said, there was an altercation. He's the ancient Scottish martial art of, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and nutted him one. <laughs> what, he said, he was, he was unnaturally close to me or something like yeah. that.
1: <laughs> he yeah. was unnaturally close, sir.
2: There is that range, isn't there? It's just like, if you're space invading, it's like th- there is a point that if you're an antagonist and you're within that space, you have entered nut range. And if you, if you get that close in an antagonistic way to me, I'm going to nut you. Because that used to be my chosen form of <laughs> retaliation. I have nutted a few people over the years. <laughs> so, that's the British slang for it. I don't know if you have the same one.
1: Oh, the headbutt. No. Yeah, so, no. I nutted him. I nutted him. Nutted him.
2: gives <laughs> <laughs> usually a bit of a sideways with the forehead. I I, I was playing rugby once and, um. Uh, somebody slammed into me with their shoulder and nearly broke my collarbone. So I was like, I'm um, handing a sling. And there was this one kid at school who really didn't like me very much. And he was in the same class as some friends of mine. I went to go in and he slammed the door on me Ooh. to stop me getting into the room on my bad arm, stuck his face through the gap in the door. and said, go away, Boz, nobody likes you. And so my brain did a very quick calculation. Pain, hate your face, nutted him. Problem is I didn't really think it through he wore glasses did you get cut but i bent his frame in and cut the side of his forehead yes oh.
1: as long as he, he took more cut. damage yeah, he did.
2: But that's my sort of my, my recalcitrant hulk thing
1: is it's just
2: ah oh, rage react oh i'm so sorry
1: <laughs> i didn't mean to hurt you. hate regrets more than apologies you gotta go Ooh. for it <laughs> so john goodman gets a promotion and yeah. uh are are like we don't kill the the american dover- government doesn't kill people in custody we just lock them up indefinitely without trial
2: yes yeah nice punch to the patriot act that was i like that
1: <laughs> what do you think this is september 10th 2001 <laughs> yes michael parks walking around in uh his jail cell getting told to shut the fuck up is the last yeah. line of the movie. <laughs>
2: I'm sure he wanted to do something different as a last scene for his character but I think it was in better taste what he actually did because I'm, I'm I'm sure Kevin Smith would have just, would have wanted us to see what's happening in the showers but
1: yeah which they referenced so homophobic yeah yeah I'm, I'm I'm glad it went out the way it did
2: I mean there's actually a line in his preach at the beginning where he says that homosexuality leads to abortions and I was trying I was trying to work that one out <laughs> but,
1: um it, yeah. it's, it's the gateway sin <laughs> yeah
2: yeah, I mean, that last gag was either just some people could see it as really uh, in really poor taste. Um, I, I I have to say, well, you could just see it as really good writing, actually. But as with the best comedy. They say it's funny because it's true.
1: And that's Red State. With a million tangents. Uh, eventually, I'll have a film that's long enough that the show about it is shorter than the movie, but it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. <laughs> Oh, at least I'm, I'm glad I'm in good company. No, I had a, I had a hell of a time, man.
2: It's been great talking to you. Um, I must reciprocate. We, you must come on for the horrors as well, because I know you like and know your horrors. So, um...
1: It would be a pleasure. So, hell yeah, man. Why don't you take this time to tell everybody where they can find your rad-ass shows?
2: So, best thing, whatever your podcatcher is, iTunes uh, or... Um, whatever Android users use. I have no idea. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> we can get it on the website. But yeah, just search for a Little Pod of Horrors if you like your horror. Um, if you like sort of general movie chat, I am a rotating co-host on the Simply Syndicated movie news show. Um, it's had a couple of weeks off, but it's normally a weekly show. I don't make it every week, but it's always worth listening to. Hosted by the fantastic Richard Smith, who is uh, lovingly called Evil, Evil Emperor Sexy Time, going back years. Um, <laughs> but he is head honcho at simply syndicated he started it runs it and yeah responsible for all that he's our beau ranstall um so uh, he always hosts that and yeah obviously most pertinent is obsessive cinema discourse on the mighty legion network which i'm very very proud to be involved with so you can catch that in all the same ways basically um that's
1: it I'd go to little pot of horrors group therapy and uh obsessive cinema discourse has a pretty fun group then the semantic group it's done pretty well for the number of people it has talking about politics and there hasn't been any big fucking drama <laughs>
2: i i your, yours is a group i end up in a lot because it's it's a lot of fascinating stuff for getting posted there and it's um i like that a lot of people just share articles, but when you post them, you often put a really, because <laughs> I don't have a lot of time, I don't often have the time to read into the detail. And obviously not being American, I don't know a lot of the people or the actual situation. And you do those little summaries of what's gone on there. And I, I'm more interested in reading what you put initially. Um, and then sometimes I'll dig further into the article. So I, it's, it's a great group. So please keep
1: it up. Thank you. We, we try to have fun and seriousness mixed up in that group. But seriously... I had a fucking ball, man. Thank you so much. Is there anything you want to add about Red State or Kevin Smith or anything like that before we uh, say our farewell?
2: I, I don't think Kevin Smith is big enough egotist, but you know, you do tag shows and so on. You never know what will come across someone's radar. So if he did pick this up and he did listen to this point, which I very much doubt, I would like to wish him all the best after his horrendous heart attack. He is so lucky to be alive. Uh, those of you who don't know... Basically, he was doing, I think it were live podcast shows and he started to feel a bit crap and he decided to not go to his next one. And then someone said, look, I'm, j- I'm going to get an ambulance just to be sure. And he'd had the most massive heart attack His uh, one of his arteries was completely blocked uh, and they managed to get a stent in him fast enough and he recovered. And yeah, and I-, I just like the guy. I like his shtick. I like what he says and I, I do wish him all the best oh there's one other thing i was going to mention shit sorry this was say this way earlier in the episode if you haven't heard he has an interview with one of the daughters of the Westboro baptist church the phelps family who got out and she got out because kevin smith years ago got into a little bit of a thing on twitter with her or something it was like yeah there is something outside your bubble there is a big bold word big bigger world out there i'm just saying he doesn't claim credit for it obviously but he was i believe fairly instrumental in her getting away and finding a life and she came back on and did an interview with him and it is well worth seeking that out because it's it's powerful stuff really
1: uh that would be rad if you're listening mr smith i also wish you a speedy recovery
2: yeah you never know who's listening <laughs> unfortunately in my case it seems to be that i'll slag someone off and then meet them um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> it never happens in the positive way around but yeah it's It's a thing. I'm slightly worried. Recently, I said some unkind things about Tom Six on one of our episodes, and I'm just like, yeah, it's going to be at Fright Fest next year or something like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And how many Fright Fests are in the UK? Is there one in London and one in Glasgow?
2: Yeah, uh, they're the two big ones, yeah, and they also do a a Halloween special sort of around. It's not on Halloween, but it's that time of year in October, and that's a one-day event, Uh, so it's about five movies. So it's three events a year, and I try to go to all of them Um, just because the Fright Fest, Family is, you know, it's the same people who go to everything. So that's when we all see each other, really. And it's, it's taken a few years to sort of get to know people, but now I am. It's lovely because you just, conversations all over the place.
1: It was close. There You had a snowpocalypse 2018. (laughs) Yeah,
2: we did. But The irony of that is, is I managed to drive seven hours to Glasgow and get to my hotel, the front door of my hotel. Whereas Duncan, who was half an hour outside or 40 minutes outside of Glasgow, couldn't get out of his street because basically they'd done such a good job of keeping motorways clear, but all the little link roads they'd had so much snow, nobody could move anywhere. And in fact, when we got to Glasgow, there were just no cars on the roads because there was no, nobody could get from there to the city sort of thing. And, it, and all the road signs said, do not drive anywhere, <laughs> which is driving up the motorway. Oh God, we're going to die. Um, but yeah, we hit the outer ring road of the city and it was a bit snowy, got into the city. There was about three inches of snow on the roads, but because there was no traffic, There was no dumbass who can't drive in the snow in my way, which is always what happens. (laughs) I was able to just drive straight to where I wanted to be. It was like marvellous. But yeah, Ghost Stories, uh, which is, I don't know what release date is there. I think it's coming out first week of April here in the UK. It's quite a big horror release. Uh, that, That had its premiere... Um, at Glasgow and that was a sold out screening and there was less than a quarter of the people, a less than a quarter of the room was full. That's how few people could get to that screening. In fact, it was touch and go as to whether the staff could be there to open the theater. They did an amazing job um, having that go ahead. But of course, none of the guests, for the Q&As, the directors, the actors, they'd all got as far as London, but they couldn't get from London to Glasgow. So I, I count myself very lucky to have actually got to the festival. <laughs> we said they should swap them, do the summer one in Glasgow and the winter one in London. You know, it's bad with the taxi stop running because taxi drivers will literally drive in anything up to, you know, till they absolutely can't. And just nothing was moving in Glasgow. Yeah. And obviously they're in Glasgow. They're pretty fucking good at bad weather. They get a lot of it. But it, it was interesting riding towards the one part of the UK where every Met every meteorological service was saying red weather warning. Do not travel to this area. We're just barreling straight towards it. I fucking love me. So horror movies. Yeah. Nothing's getting in my way. I got fucking
1: movies to watch. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for stopping by calling down into the bomb shelter. You, as it were, that was red state. I think this might be our Easter episode. <laughs> Death and religion. There we go. Yeah. It's very uh, convenient that the day Jesus died is always on a Friday, no matter what year you're in.
2: (laughs) Don't do with the pagans.
1: Thanks a lot, everybody. Thank you, Boz. Uh, Everybody remember to duck and cover. Watch out who you pick up on the internet, because buyer beware. (laughs)